some important concepts under criminal law. Aberitio ictus is mistake in the blow where the offender intends the injury on one person but the harm fell on another. There are three persons present, the offender, the intended victim and the actual victim. The act may result in a complex crime or in two or more separate felonies depending on whether the resulting felonies are grave, less grave or light. Error in personae is mistake in the identity of the victim. There is only one offended party but the offender committed a mistake in ascertaining the identity of the victim. Article 49 of the RPC shall govern which provides that the imposable penalty would depend on whichever has the lower penalty between the crime committed and the crime intent. Praetor intentionum occurs when the injury is on the intended victim but the resulting consequence is so grave a wrong than what is intended. Generally, it is a mitigating circumstance. The requisites of treachery are, 1. That at the time of the attack the victim was not in a position to defend himself too. That the offender consciously adopted the particular means, method or form of attack employed by him. Distinguish generic aggravating circumstance from qualifying aggravating circumstance. Generic aggravating circumstance increases the penalty which should be imposed upon the accused to the maximum period but without exceeding the limit prescribed, while qualifying aggravating circumstance gives the crime its proper and exclusive name and places the author thereof in such a situation as to deserve no other penalty than that specially prescribed by law for said crime. Moreover, the former may be offset by an ordinary mitigating circumstance, whereas the latter cannot be offset by an ordinary mitigating circumstance since it is considered as an ingredient of the crime. Conspiracy exists when two or more persons come to an agreement concerning the commission of a felony and decide to commit it. Evidence need not establish the actual agreement among the conspirators showing a preconceived plan or motive for the commission of the crime. Proof of concerted action before, during and after the crime, demonstrates their unity of design and objective, and is sufficient to prove conspiracy. When conspiracy is established, the act of one is the act of all regardless of the degree of participation of each. Distinguish prescription of crime from prescription of penalty. Prescription of crime is the forfeiture or loss of the right of the state to prosecute the offender after the lapse of a certain time, while prescription of penalty is the loss or forfeiture of the right of the government to execute the final sentence after the lapse of a certain time. The four types of criminal repetition are. 1. Recidivism, where a person, on separate occasions, is convicted of two offenses embraced in the same title in the RPC. This is a generic aggravating circumstance. 2. Habituality, where the offender has been previously punished for an offense to which the law attaches an equal or greater penalty or for two crimes to which it attaches a lighter penalty. This is a generic aggravating circumstance. This is also known as reiteration. 3. Habitual delinquency, where within a period of 10 years from the date of his release or last conviction of the crimes of serious or less serious physical injuries, robbery, theft, estafa, or falsification, the offender is found guilty of any said crimes a third time or oftener. 4. Quasi-recidivism, where a person commits a felony before beginning to serve or while serving a sentence on a previous conviction for a felony. This is a special aggravating circumstance. Proximate cause is the cause, which in the natural and continuous sequence unbroken by any efficient intervening cause, produces the injury, without which the result would not have occurred. The indeterminate sentence law is mandatory when imprisonment would exceed one, one, year, whether punishable by the RPC or by special laws. If the maximum term of imprisonment is less than one, one, year, the trial court may not impose an indeterminate sentence but straight penalty of one year or less instead. 
ISLAW shall not apply to 1. Persons convicted of offenses punished with death penalty or life imprisonment. Note, the court has equated the penalty of reclusion perpetua as synonymous to life imprisonment for purposes of ISLAW. Hence, a person punished with reclusion perpetua I not entitled to the benefits of ISLAW. 2. Those convicted of treason, conspiracy or proposal to commit treason. 3. Those convicted of misprision of treason, rebellion, sedition or espionage. 4. Those convicted of piracy. 5. Those who are habitual delinquents, note, recidivists are entitled to an indeterminate sentence. An offender is not disqualified to avail of the benefits of the ISLAW even if the crime is committed while he is on parole. 6. Those who shall have escaped from confinement or evaded sentence. 7. Those who violated the terms of conditional pardon granted to them by the chief executive. 8. Those whose maximum term of imprisonment does not exceed one year. 9. Those already sentenced by final judgment at the time of the approval of the law, except as provided in section 5 hereof. What are the rules in arriving at the maximum and minimum term of the indeterminate sentence under a special law? The following rules shall apply. 1. The maximum term shall not exceed the maximum fixed by said law. 2. The minimum shall not be less than the minimum prescribed by the special law and 3. The presence of mitigating circumstance is immaterial. The elements of libel are a, the allegation of a discreditable act or condition concerning another b. Publication of the charge c. Identity of the person defamed and d. Existence of malice Libel in the cyberspace can stain a person's image with just one click of the mouse. Scurrilous statements can spread and travel fast across the globe like bad news. Moreover, cyberlibel often goes hand-in-hand hand with cyberbullying that oppresses the victim, his relatives, and friends, evoking from mild to disastrous reactions. Still, a governmental purpose, which seeks to regulate the use of this cyberspace communication technology to protect a person's reputation and peace of mind, cannot adopt means that will unnecessarily and broadly sweep, invading the area of protected freedoms. The following are the specific types of estafa, 1. Estafa with unfaithfulness or abuse of confidence, and 2. Estafa by means of deceit which may be by means of false pretenses or through fraudulent means. Note, to constitute estafa by postdating a check or issuing a check in payment of obligation, deceit should be the efficient cause of defraudation. The act must have been committed either prior to or simultaneous with the defraudation complained of. Hence, a check issued in payment of a pre-existing obligation does not constitute estafa even if there is no fund in the bank to cover the amount of the check. The elements of estafa under Article 315, 1, air, of, the offender's receipt of money, goods, or other personal property in trust, or on commission, or for administration, or under any obligation involving the duty to deliver or to return, the same, b, misappropriation or conversion by the offender of the money or property received, or denial of receipt of the money or property, c, the misappropriation, conversion or denial is to prejudice of another, and d, demand by the offended party that the offender return the money or property received. Under the first element, the offender acquires material or physical possession and juridical possession of the thing received. Juridical possession means a possession which gives the transferee a right over the thing which the transferee may set up even against the owner. Distinguish forgery from falsification. 
Forgery under Article 169 of RPC refers to the falsification or counterfeiting of treasury or bank notes or any instruments payable to bearer or order while falsification is the commission of any of the eight, eight acts mentioned in Article 171 of the RPC on legislative, public or official, commercial or private documents or wireless or telegraph messages. Distinguished direct bribery from indirect bribery. The principal distinction between direct and indirect bribery is that in the former, the officer agrees to perform or refrain from doing an act in consideration of the gift or promise. In the latter case, it is not necessary that the officer do any act. It is sufficient that he accepts the gift offered by reason of his office. If after receiving the gift, the officer does any act in favor of the giver which is unfair to the others, it ceases to be indirect but becomes direct bribery. The elements of rape under Article 266a, 1, a, are, a, the offender had carnal knowledge of a woman, and, b, said carnal knowledge was accomplished through force, threat or intimidation. The gravamen of rape is sexual intercourse with a woman against her will. On the other hand, statutory rape under Article 266a, 1, d, is committed by having sexual intercourse with a woman below 12, 12, years of age regardless of her consent, or lack of it to the sexual act. Proof of forced threat, or intimidation, or consent of the offended party is unnecessary as these are not elements of statutory rape, considering that the absence of free consent is conclusively presumed when the victim is below the age of 12. In determining whether a person is 12, 12 years of age under Article 266 AID, the interpretation should be in accordance with either the chronological age of the child if he or she is not suffering from intellectual disability, or the mental age if intellectual disability is established. Moral ascendancy of an accused over the victim renders it unnecessary to show physical force and intimidation, since in rape committed by a close kin, moral influence or ascendancy takes the place of violence or intimidation. There must be sufficient and convincing proof that the penis indeed touched the labia or slid into the female organ, and not merely stroked the external surface thereof, for the accused to be convicted of consummated rape. Absent of any showing of the slightest penetration of the female organ, it can only be attempted rape, if not acts of lasciviousness. Distinguish rebellion from insurrection. The term, rebellion, is more frequently used where the object of the movement is completely to overthrow and supersede the existing government, while, insurrection, is more commonly employed in reference to a movement which seeks merely to effect some change of minor importance, or to prevent the exercise of governmental authority with respect to particular matters or subjects. Rebellion or insurrection is an act of terrorism under R.A. Number 9372 when it is committed in a manner which tends to create a condition of widespread fear or panic in order to pursue its objectives. Carnapping under RA 10883 is the taking, with intent to gain, of a motor vehicle belonging to another without the latter's consent, or by means of violence against or intimidation of persons, or by using force upon things. The elements of the crime of fencing under PD 1612 are 1. A crime of robbery or theft has been committed 2. The accused who is not a principal or accomplice in the crime of robbery or theft, buys, receives, possesses, keeps, acquires, conceals, sells or disposes, or buys and sells, or in any manner deals in any article, item, object or anything of value, which have been derived from the proceeds of the said crime 3. The accused knows or should have known that the said article, item, object or anything of value has been derived from the proceeds of the crime of robbery or theft, and 4. There is, on the part of the accused, intent to gain for himself or for another. 
who are liable for violation of anti-hazing law. If the person subjected to hazing or other forms of initiation rights suffers any physical injury or dies as a result thereof, the following shall be liable. Principle. 1. The officers and members of the fraternity, sorority or organization who actually participated in the infliction of physical harm shall be liable as principals. 2. The officers, former officers, or alumni of the organization, group, fraternity or sorority who actually planned the hazing although not present when the acts constituting the hazing were committed shall be liable as principals. 3. The fraternity or sorority's advisor who is present when the acts constituting the hazing were committed and failed to take action to prevent the same from occurring shall be liable as principal. 4. Any person present during the hazing unless he prevented the hazing. The presence of any person during a hazing is prima facie evidence of participation as a principal unless he prevented the hazing. 5. If the hazing is held in the home of one of the officers or members of the fraternity, group, or organization, the parents shall be held liable as principals when they have actual knowledge of the hazing conducted therein but failed to take any action to prevent the same from occurring. Accomplice. 1. The owner of the place where hazing is conducted shall be liable as an accomplice, when he has actual knowledge of the hazing conducted therein but failed to take any action to prevent the same from occurring. 2. The school authorities including faculty members who consent to the hazing or who have actual knowledge thereof, but failed to take any action to prevent the same from occurring shall be punished as accomplices for the acts of hazing committed by the perpetrators. The penalties shall apply to the president, manager, director or other responsible officer of a corporation engaged in hazing as a requirement for employment. The new also bans all forms of hazing in fraternities, sororities and organizations in schools, communities and even businesses and uniformed service learning institutions. Those who planned or participated in the hazing which results in death, rape, sodomy or mutilation will be slapped with a penalty of reclusion perpetua and a fine of p3 million. Unlike the Anti-Hazing Act of 1995, the new measure also penalizes individuals who will try to cover up hazing activities. Moreover, it mandates schools to take more proactive steps to protect its students from the dangers of participating in activities that involve hazing.